Hey, Nora. Hey, Sandy. How are you this fine weekend? It's Monday. How are you this Monday? <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing. There's time is meaningless. Time doesn't matter. Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm I'm watching uh, a new panic be created in real time, which is what we're going to talk about. And I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated at, at how fast it's happening online. So I'm, I'm great. How are you? Oh, I, I'm curious to know what you're talking about, given that I'm not as online anymore. I'm okay. I moved this weekend. And as Ooh. everybody knows, moving is the most annoying thing to do on the planet. And so I can say, though, that this has been the smoothest move I've ever had. So that was good. But uh it was also like a blizzard in Southern California this weekend. Uh, very strange. Uh, I think I did actually see some snow. I'm not sure. It may have just been like um, unbelievably uh, large and noisy rain. I don't know what snow is anymore. I've been here too long. Um, but it, that was challenging. <laughs> but it... it you know, it happened and now I'm in a new place. Same podcast setup. Oh, so your mood is smooth moves uh, and and moving smoothly and snow. Yeah. And also go to bed immediately after this. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Everybody, we're recording in the morning. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's just get right into it. I'm curious uh, about what you need to what you're going to tell me is going on on the internets. But before we go there, I'm sure we have some people to show some gratitude to. Yes, we have some gratitude to give out. So this week, thanks to everybody who changed their donation or donated for the first time, especially thanks to Michael, the head and Steve. Now, that's not Michael the Head. That's Michael and the Head and Steve. Thank you so much to you three for donating. We really, really appreciate it. And I also just want to mention, I know that there's been some issues with the sound, that sometimes you're getting sound that's only coming out of one ear. We're aware of it. We're doing our best to fix it. Last week's episode was fixed, so hopefully there's no other issues with that. But I, I mean, a lot of you have been in touch about this. We're doing our best. And um, fingers crossed that that doesn't happen again. Mostly it's just related to the age of my computer and it glitching on me making the files sound as listenable as possible. So big apologies for that. But um, here we are, hopefully in stereo, hopefully coming on both sides of your ears if you're listening to us that way. And Sandy, have you heard, have you heard that the Chinese Communist Party has been meddling in our democracy? I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, from <laughs> all sorts of uh, sources that seem like, you know, there might be some interest in making China look bad, but uh, say more. I listened to an episode of Canada Land recently where there was some discussions uh, about like a specific targeting of uh, local, provincial and federal elections. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So there's this report from Global News's Sam Cooper that alleges that the Chinese government has been directly involved in influencing, they say, 11 ridings. Uh, 
in the lead up to the 2019 election. So you hear this and you're like, oh, wow, Jesus Christ. Okay, the source is three anonymous workers at CSIS. And the, the lion's share of the report focuses not on 11 ridings, but on one riding, on a riding where the liberal candidate, a former MPP, so someone who's already been elected named Han Dong, ran for the nomination in the riding of Don Valley North. So what I mean, OK, I, I like I wanted to stop right there. And it's like I the liberal nomination in one writing is now like national news and people are calling for a public inquiry into what happened. Uh, there's a lot of details in this investigation that we're going to uh, un- undo. But I just want to say right off the bat, I, I don't doubt that China's meddling in elections, just like the United States probably meddles in our elections, though maybe they don't have to because they control us in different ways. But this report seems... I mean, gosh, didn't didn't a bunch of the parties in Canada, and by a bunch, I mean the Liberals and the NDP, um, and, you know, with the country being ruled... Uh, ruled? Uh, with Canada um, having a Liberal government at the helm during this, send people to assist in the Obama campaign? Oh, is that the same thing? I don't think that's the same thing, Sandy. That was Obama. Mm-hmm. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm going to throw it back to you because I just think that this is so, so, so um, interesting the way that everybody's responding. It seems like we've got our the makings of, I don't know, a new Cold War with China as our democratic institutions are under attack by this shady foreign entity. New Nora, now I know you have heard me rail on the fact that I am very annoyed at the the, the idea that the Cold War was ever over. New. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, new fervor, perhaps, uh, that governments are interested in um, fomenting this, I don't know, um, the, this sort of very obvious propaganda stuff that uh, seems to be being made to... Um, to justify some future actions being taken. I'm not sure. But yeah, it. I mean, you're telling me that uh, this was like um, a really intense discussion on Twitter uh, recently or on social media recently. And I just like can't imagine why. Like from the Canada Land episode, it seemed as though there's like one reporter who's reporting on this. Uh, and that no one else is picking it up. And it like the way that it was discussed on Canada Land was kind of like, and what a terrible thing. And it's like, okay, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but also, from the perspective of someone who's run campaigns and been a part of campaigns, it also really feels like par for the course. Like, what what is weird about this besides the fact that, oh, China. <laughs> like, that's the only thing that I can think of Uh that uh, is making people feel like this is like some sort of newsworthy event. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's go through some of these details. Like, first of all, we're talking about someone who had been previously elected. So, I mean, the the investigation makes it sound like Dong was some sort of um, shady puppet character that was picked by China to, to run. Obviously the liberal party establishment would have seen a former guy who's been elected, so someone who can prove, has proven that he can win. And then he won the nomination. And then um, just before the election that he was running in, 
the 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 article says that Trudeau met with CSIS officials who raised concerns about Dong, and Trudeau was like, okay, and then didn't do anything with it. And that seems to be the point that people are using to call for a public inquiry in all of this. Now, the other allegations made, I mean, other than like a lot of innuendo that connects him to other Chinese politicians who are called king makers or kingpins within the political Chinese community, uh, both in Don Valley North and up to Markham, which is all like the northeast side of Toronto, if you're not familiar with it. And um and they, they, you know, it sounds like the, the Chinese consulate had a direct role in delivering this victory to Dong through, and this is my favorite, busing in international students and elderly people, uh, the elderly people who had written on their arms who to vote for, and the international students who, I mean, they don't tell us anything about these students, what school they would have gone to, do they exist, who are they, did you find anybody that can say that they actually, oh, nope, there's no, nope, there's no information on that, but through busing people into the riding and then lying about where they lived, because of course you have to live in the riding to vote for the person that's going to be the liberal candidate, this is the, the level of interference that we're talking about. And I just feel like someone... Sorry, 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 sorry. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> let, me, let me just recap that slower to make sure that I got that. I have moving brain. So China, <laughs> yeah, the, the world superpower, that place, their government is focused on Don Valley North, the Don Valley North riding's uh, leadership nomination vote and so is getting buses to 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 get international students to lie about where they live so that the incumbent can win well he wasn't an incumbent but yeah um yeah so they would risk everything about being in canada to commit fraud to make sure that the chosen candidate per the Chinese consulate won. And the threat from the Chinese consulate was that they would take away their visas. So this is how it's being reported by Cooper. Mm-hmm. And the source for Cooper is CSIS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on, carry on. I just needed to do a slow recap. Well, the only thing I was going to say was like, I can't even imagine Chinese officials sitting in their office with a global map zoomed into Don Valley North being like, yes, yes, here, here is where we're going to make sure that we have influence over the what the liberal nomination is not even the general election for one MP. Um, and I think it's very, very important to mention that Dong has responded to this saying it's complete bullshit. And um, and I feel actually pretty bad for the guy because like, I don't know, isn't there a principle of knowing who your accusers are? Like he can't even respond to this because it's all innuendo and all anonymous accusations coming from CSIS. And he's just like, what in the fuck? <laughs> Which seems like a completely fair kind of way to respond. But also, if he was guilty, I mean, it also gives him the benefit of the doubt, because how the hell is he supposed to respond to any of this stuff? Oh, my God. This is so bizarre. Like, what a what a bizarre campaign. <laughs> I just... So, yeah. so what's and, happening here, then? Okay, well, here's the thing. Like, I, I mean, I'm saying this to you because I know you understand um, where I'm coming from when I say uh, what a strange campaign. But for the listeners who may not know what's going on in my head because you haven't worked with me for like 15 years, 
Um, <laughs> I it just seems really clear to me that someone is trying to make what what seems like one some regular shit that happens in elections seem really really bad because there can be a connection to China, um, and it also seems like uh, this is like a, a campaign that CSIS or whomever is running uh, to make uh, China look really bad that isn't working very well. But apparently what you're saying is that it is working very well um, on the social media, which is kind of where campaigns go now, I guess. So congratulations, I suppose. But then the the other strange thing that I'm, I'm kind of like... What is this campaign about? Is like now, so now we're going to spend um, millions of dollars on an on an inquiry about this. That's the, what the call is. Which is going to tell <laughs> us what, why Justin Trudeau ignored it. Yeah. Well, this is this is the call. Is that we need a public inquiry? And so, okay, so let's talk maybe about the public inquiry piece. They ignored it because they they recognized the tactics of, from their own campaigns. <laughs> I just and to be clear, I'm not saying like the tactics of international students lying about um, their addresses. I think that that sounds that smells like the just, you know, having worked with a number of international students, that smells like a steaming pile. Um, (laughs) But I mean, some of the other tactics, which is like, I mean, I don't know a party that doesn't bust people in during campaign times to try to get certain people elected. Like I, I. That is that's regular Canadian politics shit. I so I don't know. Well, yeah, I think that that's the point, right? Is it's like, okay, so first of all, there's two allegations. One is that there's people who did not have the right to vote living like because they didn't live in the riding voting, but being bussed in. And then the other allegations that elderly people were being bussed in and told who to vote for, which, as you say, is like. I mean, there's a lot of campaigns that bust people in and tell them who to vote for. We're seriously supposed to believe that this was China doing it. Now, the way that the that the investigation explains it is that there are networks of Chinese community groups that are very sophisticated and very involved in politics. And so the more that you read this. And then imagine substituting in another kind of ethnicity or another other nation state into the, the the blank of China. Then you're like, oh, no, no, this is literally happening in this way because it's China and because there are Canadian officials that are gunning for a Cold War with China like that. That is really evident to me. And I think that like before we even start talking about a public inquiry, we need to know a lot more about this. Like the the agents at CSIS that are giving this anonymous information are breaking the law. They're not allowed to do this. Uh, a public inquiry would not compel CSIS to actually explain any of this. They, it would not compel them to release their their emails or anything because it's fucking CSIS. Like it's not the RCMP. It's not the local police offices, officers or, or, or a local police detachment. It's fucking CSIS. They would say that they don't have to because it's privileged information. And so it's actually the perfect way to create as much confusion around a situation like this. And then what sticks is that China's meddling in our elections. I, it's I just find it so gross and I cannot believe that there's so many like adults out there who seem who p- pretend to know how politics work looking at this and being like, oh, yeah, public inquiry. That's that's fucking what we need. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's so many issues um, in this this thing, um, but there's two that I, I kind of want to. Um, point out uh, of what you just said there. And one is like, 
What is the threshold for something to be like a story that uh, should be reported? <laughs> like, I mean, the, the, you've got one source for what is uh, being talked about as like this major, um, like coordinated operation that has to involve uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Right? Like you're you're talking about influencing a bunch of people to break the law to um, have some sort of shift over um, or influence over Canadian elections, and it, it would be remarkable if the only source one could find is CSIS. (laughs) Yep. Like there's, there's no one else. And this is uh, a reportable story. Okay, that's fine. Uh, sure. I, I, but the, the story should be more on the focus of CSIS is saying <laughs> rather than on the focus of this is correct. Like this is happening. This needs to be investigated. So that's one. Um, two is that you had some interesting reporting this morning on the Daily News podcast about CSIS. Can you remind us uh, what you told us about their powers. Yeah. And it was just kind of like this uh, conclusion to a, a different story, which was that new documents have finally been released that shows that Rosie Douglas, who was an activist in Montreal at uh, Sir George Williams University, which is now Concordia, and at McGill, that he was the target of so-called dirty tricks from the RCMP. So in the late 1960s and early 1970s, the RCMP employed a lot of like highly questionable tactics to fuck up the left, to fuck up black organizing, to fuck up um, independence organizing, liberation organizing, uh, solidarity movements with international national groups like the Black Panthers or the IRA or Palestinian Solidarity. And Rosie Douglas was one of the people who was caught up in this campaign. The article from the Canadian Press by Jim Bronskill goes through some of the documents and and the RCMP did stuff like they tried to add a chemical to his car that would have made a trip to Toronto impossible and forced him to to go with an informant. Um, The RCMP like fucked that up, actually. (laughs) They didn't get the chemical right. And so his car didn't get fucked up. But Douglas, um, he tried to stay in Canada and and the state wouldn't let him and, and, and eventually went back to Dominica, where he was from, and he became the prime minister of Dominica before he died. But at the end of the article, Bronskill mentions that while the dirty tricks campaigns or allowances of the RCMP were were prohibited in 1984 after a lot of the stuff came to light, and not just with black power movements, but also uh, with what was discovered with communists and with with, um, the, the FLQ in Quebec, in just eight years ago, CSIS was given expanded power to to do more creative kinds of actions to stop national security threats. And it's like, sorry, what? When? I was going to say, when did that happen? I was like, no, you just said eight, eight years ago. And and so Bronskill mentions the article that uh, that these kinds of dirty tricks, dirty, um, dirty tactics, I guess, could easily be taken today by CSIS. So that says to me that any sort of story where the source is CSIS needs to be taken through another level of analysis, which is that CSIS has these powers where they can act proactively and, uh, you know, if they are looking to the things that they've done in the past, potentially deceive people um, in the course of whatever campaigns they might be running. And so, you know, like there's two pieces 
two big thresholds here to cross before the story should shift from CSIS is saying this and that being the focus and why is CSIS saying this and what's happening up at CSIS to there's some credible information here. We've got a lot of sources. There's evidence here. There's something, there's something going on that we should really investigate. But I think that the reason why those uh, two levels have been ignored is one, no one's thinking about the second thing that I, I mentioned, like, because... Um, this is, you know, like the death of media age that we're in of news media age. And, uh, two, uh, in terms of the first one, it's, it's, as you say, because we're talking about China. Yeah, exactly. Now the calls for this public inquiry are coming from, uh, who you would imagine. Obviously the conservatives are all about this because I mean, it discredits the liberals. I mean, Hell, we could very well be careening towards uh, an American style. Oh, the election was stolen. We can't support these results and all this kind of bullshit. But the NDP jumped on the calls today and uh, Singh released a statement. It said uh, the way to stop alleged secret Chinese interference is to refuse to keep their secrets for them. A fully independent and nonpartisan public inquiry is the way to shine a light into the shadows who they're getting poetic, shine a light into the shadows. I'm not sure I've ever heard it said like that. I, I just want to mention before I, I, I ask for your like instant reaction to that incredible statement that this is a party that never even fucking responded instantly to the McKinsey allegations, <laughs> which if we want to be serious about foreign inter, inter, uh, interventions and foreign influence in government in Canada, we should be fucking way more concerned with how many private for-profit consultants are literally running government <laughs> than the fucking Chinese government being involved in the riding of Don Valley North's liberal nomination meeting. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so bad for, I mean, for the comparative reasons that you've raised, but also because, like, <laughs> sh shining a light into the shadows, like an inquiry, a public inquiry, <laughs> I, okay, because we're going to uh, compel what? What is going to be compelled by a public inquiry that hasn't, that shouldn't have already been compelled through investigating this issue uh, from uh, just from, you know, like there's so many people apparently who are involved in this that uh, should have been witnesses or should have come forward or would have broken ranks at some point during this. If they haven't, like an inquiry and the powers of an inquiry aren't going to get through that to China. It's just, I, I don't see what this is going to do. I mean, unless the inquiry is more about why didn't Justin Trudeau do anything, in which case it's probably going to be as helpful as the Emergencies Act inquiry, which is like, oh, the government can do anything <laughs> or nothing whenever they want. Because this is... This is um, a colonial state and born out of the monarchy. And we don't really take democracy seriously. But also, let's be serious, like about how ridiculous it is for the NDP to be calling for this when their own leadership process in British Columbia was a fucking joke. You know, like 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 if if we care about foreign influence in elections in Canada, which we absolutely do not care about that because we can show, uh, we can look at so many different 
places where uh, the rules are loose and they can just go with the flow depending on what the desire of the establishment is. All parties are able to just summarily refuse to allow candidates to run. That's not democratic at all. But the NDP, like they fucking deep sixed a candidate running for the leadership of the BC NDP just because they thought she was going to win using the flimsiest evidence possible and 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 then outsourcing the responsibility to the BC Elections Act, which, as we're discovering here, uh, apparently you don't even need to follow Elections Act because uh, in the case of the liberals, you don't have to be a citizen to vote in these leadership races, which is also like, what the fuck? How can you have a, <laughs> these races not respect the elections act like either allow international students to vote legally or don't like this is so bizarre and it leaves all of these kinds of holes open and um and you know we're we're still in the very early days so so sandy you say like someone should have come forward or would have come forward if this was true. And I totally agree with you. But I mean, this has only been reported for a couple of days. Like maybe we should wait a week to have the student come forward and say, yes, I was um, going to risk my visa. And so I went and I voted in this uh, election the way that the consulate told me to. Like, let's wait for more information to come out before we're rushing into a public inquiry. Because let me remind everybody that we haven't even had a public inquiry into what happened during the pandemic in the management of the federal government. And we are still finding things out like, oh, last week we discovered that the entire COVID business loan program was outsourced to Accenture, another for-profit multinational corporation that isn't Canadian, that had control over giving out business loans to everyone in Canada that qualified. Like, it, oh my God. I just cannot believe the level of fucking stupidity in all of this. And it feels like the entire media establishment is like, oh, no, the emperor's totally clothed right now. He's wearing lots of clothes. And those clothes were made in China, which is bad. <laughs> yeah, it is actually, you know, it's it, it, it's extremely bizarre to me, too, because it, it feels like there should be some people who have uh, far more experience than um, jumping into a story like this should allow. And I, to be quite honest, I'm a, I'm a little bit shocked at the fervor um, and confused. I mean, um, as I mentioned to you at the beginning of this chat, like I, I, I have been way less active on social media. So my social media I guess because of the algorithm changes at Twitter and, and even Instagram a little bit, my feeds are so different. I don't see news as much anymore at all. And so, uh, you know, I, I kind of missed the the excitement over this. Um, but I'm surprised that it would have even happened because, like, is there anyone, any sober journalist who's just like, this is not, knowing what I know about campaigns, this, it seems weird uh, to make this a, a huge story at this juncture without more information. So the really bizarre answer to that question is, yes, I have seen two journalists saying this, but they're also both very much coded as liberal journalists. And so there's also the whole element in this of like support your party and let's not waste money on it because of all these kinds of questions. But I don't know how much in, in the two people that I'm thinking of, their reaction is because they're actually liberals, right? Maybe it's not. Maybe maybe they're having a, a moment of critical thought. But it's 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 fascinating because like there's no focus on whether or not international students are being literally threatened with like deportation 
by the consulate for any reason. Like that could be an angle of the story that we're talking about. Of course, it's not interesting because it's not about Canada being at war with China. There's there's very little discussion about how these kinds of processes are even allowed and why they're allowed and how much uh, control parties really have over these kinds of processes. So like throwing out candidates for not meeting some sort of phantom standard of what's uh, appropriate or like who manages these kinds of elections? Why are they held completely outside of uh, of elections uh, legislation within uh, within Canada or within the provinces? You know, like there's a lot of really interesting things that people can see- sink their teeth into. But it's just like it just seems like it's China. And so it's like there's only one answer, and that is they obviously are trying to take down Canada. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who loses the most in this, folks? It is. Chinese people, Chinese Canadians or Chinese people living in Canada, Chinese international students, Chinese uh, permanent residents, people who are visiting from China. Like th- this is who this hurts the most, obviously. And of course, there is zero regard, zero regard to the, that reality, to, to rising Sinophobia, to talking about the increases of Sinophobia since the pandemic. And it's like the most cynical f- take for me is it's like, OK, so the pandemic's over in everybody's mind. China was blamed for the first two years. That's kind of disappeared. The whole two Michaels thing is passed. The Michaels are back. That's kind of passed in people's minds. So it's like, what next? Oh, you know what? It's got to be this. It's got to be election interference. And the, and, the, and the great thing about it is then you can call into question the independence of Justin Trudeau and the credibility of our entire electoral system, which 100% supports someone like Pierre Polyever, who's running on that kind of suspicion and making sure people are, are very skeptical of our institutions. Well, you know, I, I hope this story um, goes the way that I assume that it should go, which is that um, it becomes really clear uh, very soon that this is mostly bullshit um, and it disappears because, you know, we're going to have, it's, we have a minority government. We're going to have an election um, before uh, the four years is up. I mean, unless we get pharmacare. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, But I, I imagine that uh, if, you know, the NDP is is very very likely to um, you know at some point break the agreement that they have with the liberals over something that um, the liberals have done when the NDP is ready for a campaign, <laughs> which that's how this will happen. Uh, and uh, during that election, I think uh, if this story doesn't go the way that I think it should go, there's going to be a focus on certain candidates. Um, and I think we can safely say that the candidates of Chinese descent and looking into um, uh, looking at at them with a greater sense of scrutiny as to like who um, who they are working for. Um, and that uh, makes me nervous because it seems like a repeat of history that we know um, only gets uh, really, really ugly. Yeah, actually, and just as you were as you were talking there, I saw that news is broken that the federal government is going to ban TikTok from all government issued cell phones. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, I just are we are we going to ban all the other things that are spying on us? 
I just, even that story no. has been so, like, it feels so obvious. It's just like, man, this one social media company is spying on us. I'm like, didn't, wasn't there like a whole thing about a company called, I don't know, uh, Facebook, Cambridge Analytica? Like, did, did that not happen? Is that not real? <laughs> We're not going to take action against like a, a, a consequential company who has changed the course of our politics. But uh, TikTok, I mean, sure, maybe it's different somehow. <laughs> I don't, you think so? You think no, so? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> no. No. I think the like we, we, also, we also have to be very, very clear that in addition to all of the hateful uh, outcomes that this is going to create in Canada related to Chinese candidates, especially, because as you say, I think that it's it becomes impossible for anybody of Chinese descent to run without very clearly announcing their loyalty to Canada. Right. And even that's not going to be good enough. But like the the impact as well on what we consider to be foreign interference, it completely obscures the fact that the most foreign interference comes from the corporate world. That is clear from uh, from these firms like McKinsey or Accenture uh, or from the United States directly. Obviously, Canada is deeply, deeply, deeply influenced by by American officials and what happens in the United States to the point where, like, literally they drive a lot of our policy. <laughs> so that is something that we should be absolutely more concerned about. Um, but that, you know, if again, if you were to replace any other almost any other ethnic uh, group in this, it would come across as absolutely horrific. And sometimes it does. Sometimes people are accused of having dual loyalties and it's widely condemned as being unacceptable bigotry. Maybe it's racist. Maybe it's anti-Semitic, depending on who we're talking about. But it's okay when it's China because China is the, the the growing hegemonic power in the world. This has real consequences on people's lives and it has real consequences on what we focus on as being important in this country in terms of our democratic structures. None of this is going to trigger positive change within our democratic structures. And in fact, these structures that that continue to maintain white supremacy and that continue to create fake victories, election victories, I mean, my God, the entire voting system is fucked. Uh, It'll just continue going on and on and on while CSIS, through its anonymous voices, is all like, oh, yeah, and and now now here's more interference from China. And it's like, can we scrutinize these claims? No, no, you can't because we're CSIS and it is privileged information. Gosh, yeah, I just I mean, this this piece that um, about CSIS and um, the, you know, like the history of what CSIS has done um, and even the 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 ways that CSIS has over the years focused on um, groups uh, uh, like Tamil activists in uh, targeting them uh, for being um, uh, followed and surveilled. Um, like I just, this piece about who CSIS is, it just seems to me that that should be a very obvious angle of the story. And I haven't seen any reports on, on that piece, but I hope somebody takes it up and does some investigating into, okay, like what does it mean that CSIS is that these stories are coming from CSIS. What is it that CSIS have, has been up to uh, in the last little bit? And can we find out anything about um, uh, what's going on um, with respect to, to CSIS's uh, China file? Like that to me seems like a really obvious way uh, that uh, this is a, a clear, um, a cleared, a, a really obvious way to 
in a clear-eyed way, think about and write about uh, what's coming out uh, of these sources. Yeah, and if we want to get like all ethnic about it, maybe we should look at how many Italian developers are in the pocket of Doug Ford that are absolutely driving his agenda. Oh, but of course, they're not being told to do that by the Italian government. So I don't know. Is that different? I don't know. Are you trying to say something? I know you have some Italian um, (laughs) genes there. Right, 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 right. Loretto forces everybody to pronounce it bruschetta instead of bruschetta. I see you. Well, I mean, because that's literally how it's pronounced. That's that's how you that's how you pronounce it. All right. Well, anyway, so everything's fucked within the federal government and uh, increasingly fucked in the provinces. And I know I, like we didn't get to talk about anything else this week. I don't know if you wanted to make a last plug for something that has been very angering you or concerning to you. Um, but I do want to say that in doing these daily news uh, hits, I am shocked by how consistent the news is from place to place and how the stories are all the exact same and how there is just never any national journalism tying these connections together. It's so hyper-focused and hyper-local that you don't get the full picture. And it just feels like, man, we we just, like, let's talk about disinformation in this country. Like, it's coming directly from the way that media reports. And the National Post just signed an agreement with the far-right blog company Quillette to syndicate all their content. The f- oh, God, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just say that on the, the daily news reports that you have been giving on this podcast, uh, you have noticed a lot of news, because you're searching for it, uh, about uh, police misconduct across the country and the way that police act across the country. And when you start looking at these things, isn't it fascinating how consistent it, it's happening everywhere? And like one thing that I, I've been thinking about that, you know, after we did our episode a couple of weeks ago, maybe if three weeks ago now, about um, like how crime news is all propaganda. It's like, just imagine um, what it would be like if, you know, citizens who had uh, complaints about their interactions with police or how, how useless they are or haven't done anything had an automatic line in to the media and a story was written every single time um, that anyone wanted to publicize those types of interactions, which is exactly what's happening um, with with crime news. The police go through and decide which ones they want to forward over to the media or to make statements about, to make... um, uh, to, to have press releases about, to have press conferences about, um, to to skew the way that crime is is viewed. Well, what if they were coming from different sources? What if uh, hospitals um, were reporting on, in a general way, um, attempts at femicide every single time that it happened in a, in in like a update to to femicide? Uh, so we were talking about um, violence against women uh, more as a, a news item that comes up, which is one of the most ubiquitous forms of, of violence in our um, society that happens on a daily basis. It, like, it would completely change the way that we think about violence, harm, 
um, and and how we keep a community safe. If it was um, uh, activists who have been providing support uh, to uh, people who are houseless, um, making reports about how many people have been harmed by being out in the elements on a regular basis, if those had a direct tie-in to the news every single time, you know, and those were the things that were coming up at the top of the news hour if you're watching television news, or that was the the bulk of uh, the news on violence in, in your newspapers or that was coming up in your feed. Like, how different of a world would that be? But no, we actually have to search for certain types of news um, that is very, very important, that talks about violence, that talks about the failings of uh, the police as an institution. And it, it really does harm uh, or shift the way that we view our own society. Totally, totally. I mean, it's like it forces the reader to to do sociology, which is like fine. Everybody should be thinking deeper and making those connections more profoundly. But no one's got time for that. Like the whole point of news is to give you the analysis. It isn't to give you the raw data and say, okay, now while you're making, uh, you know, your kids' lunches tomorrow, try to connect the dots because you get nothing else on your mind. You know, like it's just, it is such an interesting way that the message is so hidden from from average people. And then journalists can say, well, what's the problem? Like, here's here's reporting. Like, did you not see this one article? And it's like... No, no, missed that. <laughs> I missed, I missed that. So I love, I love the way that you explain that, like imagining that every time someone had a, a negative interaction with police, that it became news in the way that crime news has become news. And um, I'll just mention that, you know, my hometown police force, the Halton police, they put out a press release last week that literally was like, it didn't explain what they were talking about. It just said like, um, we know that the news is uh, frightening to you, but uh, rest assured that this is the safest community in Halton and, and in Canada. And also the police are here to protect you. Uh, do not be scared of all the news. <laughs> it was like, what? What? <laughs> what news are you talking about? That's that's a useless <laughs> statement. And of course, what they were talking about is that there's a, a wave of carjackings. There was a guy who shot and killed someone who entered his house at 5 a.m. And the guy claimed that it was self-defense. And it seems very, very bizarre. But anyway, it's oh just like, God. yeah, thanks, police. You know what? Maybe maybe you should um, maybe you should just take uh, a year off. Just fuck off for a year and we can see how society reacts. It'd be better. Maybe more. <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs>